Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Okay, so again, we have Kevin Smokler, who is the author of Brat Pack America, a love letter to 80s teen movies. So thank you again for being on. Oh, you're welcome. So we're going to go through some of the topics that we had on past podcasts. And since you have great insights about all things movies, um, they don't have to be 80s movies. Uh, just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Absolutely. So what do you remember uh, being the first movie you saw in a theater? Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Uh, I was seven. It was the Michigan Theater in downtown Ann Arbor. And how many times do you think you saw it after that? I've probably seen it 25 times after that, mm-hmm. but I think only maybe one or two more times in the theater. Okay. Uh, favorite scary or horror movie? Oh, shoot. I- I'm a real wuss. Like, I, I, don't, I don't do horror movies as, as a matter of course. And when I had to watch horror movies for this book, it was like on Wednesday afternoon with all of the windows open. And I, <laughs> and I kept getting up to refill my coffee mug. Um, but I... I'm incredibly, I'm, incre- I'm I'm very fond of The Shining, and I'm very fond of Halloween, which I just think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like the remakes at all of the Rob Zombie? I I, I can't say I've paid a whole lot of attention to them, but um, but I, I'd be I'd be curious, but mm-hmm. I, I I haven't seen. Them. Worst movie you saw on a date, and worst uh, date you had at at a movie. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, I took someone to see Basic Instinct, not knowing <laughs> what it was about. And um, we actually um, – she and I became friends mm-hmm. because we ended up working in on the campus peer counseling group together. And like two and a half years later, she told me like, oh, I never wanted to speak to you again after you, after you took me to see – to see Basic Instinct. Similar to mine, I, I saw Seven. And oh, yeah, uh, I didn't exactly. pick it. She picked it. And, uh, you know, it was in the box. We didn't speak for the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. It was totally awkward. Uh, your favorite uh, villain in a movie? Um, God. Uh, oh, that's such a good question. Like, <laughs> like so, the obvious answers are your, you know, your Hannibal Lecters and your sure. Tim Roth and... Rob Roy, like the great villain, villainy performances of, um, and unlike other people that have been in the pocket, they had prep time, and so this, I'm getting you all on the spot. Yeah. So this oh, is oh shoot, this is good. like I um I don't know, like um I, I mean like Margot Hamilton in the in, in the in the Wizard, Wizard of, Oz of Oz is pretty great. Absolutely. Like Thomas F. Wilson as Biff Tannen and mm-hmm. in in um in uh okay okay you know what you know what <laughs> not. Uh, Evil, uh, uh, the Duke brothers in Trading Places. Ah, uh, that's a great one. Yeah, re- I mean, great Don Amici. Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy. That's right. Great villains. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ironic because Ralph Bellamy always played the fall guy in all those old classic uh-huh. movies. He was always the guy that lost the girl to Cary Grant right, or, or right. James Stewart or whoever. Yeah. Um, favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? Uh, Rear Window. Okay. Um, Super fond of Rear Window, which is which is a crime if you if you live in San Francisco to say Rear Window and not Vertigo. Right. But, uh, I, I, Rear Window is really something special. Did you ever get into his British films at all? Um, I love the Thirty Nine Steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and and I know Frenzy is very much was it near the end. Very of Very underrated. Yeah. yeah, very underrated yeah. And, and very and very English too. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see too many of the movies he made before he came to America. Okay. Other than other than Thirty Nine. Okay. Uh, your favorite soundtrack? Kind of a toss-up between like 
break in some kind of mm-hmm. wonderful um, uh, uh, purple rain. Purple Rain. Okay. Yeah. Definitely a movie where the I, I, I tried to watch it again, and I'm like, I love the music, the, the movies. I can't get into the movie. There's not much to the movie. <laughs> there really isn't. The movie is like the movie is like a, a skipping from one song to, yeah. to the next. But more stay in the time. It was just so good. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. And, of course, Prince. Uh, your favorite gangster or mafia movie? Um incredibly fond of the untouchables mm-hmm. which has its which has its flaws and looks dated in places but um very very fond of that and um and uh and goodfellas is just yeah is singular i remember when we did this episode we made we said don't name the godfather you mm-hmm. can if you want but yeah. anything but the godfather because we all kind of agree that's that's the ultimate so. yeah uh your favorite guilty pleasure movie don't have guilty pleasure movies. Okay. I, I, I sort of feel like like there's there's no reason to apologize for something you like. <laughs> okay. Um, there are movies. I mean, there are movies that are bad that you can like because they are bad. Mm-hmm. But like Breakin or something. Yeah, like Breakin yeah. or like. Um, but there's no. But yeah, no reason to feel guilty about. Those. Okay. Um, Endings that you wish were different. Um. You mentioned seven earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I I think. Frankly, um, I, I mean, I understand why Seven ends the way it does. It feels, it feels to me like, like a, a sort of like, like they had Brad Pitt, so they had to let Brad Pitt do the cool <laughs> thing at the end. Like yeah. it, it, it sort of doesn't make sense from a screenplay point of sure. view. Um, and uh, and they're just, I mean, I, I think the worst kind of ending is the one that feels like it was you know, it was 20 minutes ago and the movie just keeps going. Right. And there's a lot of examples of those. You know, like, I, I think I think stylistically, like, The Man Who Wasn't There is an underrated mm. Coen Brothers movie. That movie's 20 minutes too long. It, it like, sure. blows right past the natural ending and does a whole bunch of other s- silly shit. And, mm-hmm. um, I think... Uh, I don't have a like I, I'm not a I'm not like a Team Ducky versus Team Blaine kind of person. Um, <laughs> Which you brought up, it's in the book, um, Brad Pack America, mm-hmm. um, where you know they did test the um, original ending, uh, mm-hmm. which wasn't the the ending that everyone else saw, yeah. um, and they decided to change that. So here's one. I think I think the ending for I, I think the ending for Speed is lousy. Mm. Um, the the for a movie that is essentially a two-hour thrill ride, the last chase scene is is boring. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper plays a great villain, um, and the natural setup for Speed the sequel is you have the villain get away. You have the, you have the villain get <laughs> yeah. away, and sequel uh, city. Yeah. And, and it's the French a, connection. Yeah, yeah. And you have a sequel yeah. instead. Like instead, this this, this just. There's nothing worse than an, an action movie where the villain is more interesting than the hero, and you have to have the villain get killed <laughs> because those are the dictates of the action movie. Um, I, I mean, I think like like Die Hard manages to do this really well. Yeah, like Die Hard manages to have Hans Gruber, who is an infinitely more interesting character than John McClane. Oh yeah, die in this very like off-center ironic kind of way mm-hmm. um none of which is there to to sort of venerate john McCla- the hero right um uh yeah it's it, it's just, it's just embarrassing it's just yeah. embarrassing when a movie has a great villain who we have to see get felled by a boring hero right. because because that's what the movie demands how did you feel about die hard 3 when they brought jeremy irons who was playing hans gruber's brother 
I didn't remember that he was playing John Hobbs <laughs> brother. Or, okay, but like, um, but I think you know, I I I think I, I think it says a lot about that franchise yeah. that they can get super high quality actors to play still to play the villains. Yeah. and and I, I I feel I feel bad for William Sadler, who's a great friggin' actor, but yeah. like it, it's kind of it's kind of outmatched by by the plot in, yeah. in Die Hard too. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um. So you kind of brought it up. Movies that are way too long. Oh man. Um, God, there's lots of, basically every third comedy Judd Apatow does. I mean, <laughs> I really, I mean, I, 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 I think, I, I, I think Judd Apatow is, in, is, is insanely talented. Yes. I think, I think unlike, unlike most filmmakers who sort of names appear above the title, Judd Apatow is better at bringing out talent in others than, than just about any filmmaker. Yeah. I think when left to his own devices, he just doesn't know when to quit. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I, maybe I'm being too strict by saying this, but I feel like a comedy is like a 90 minute endeavor. Totally agree. Like I, I feel like it loses, it loses, it runs out of gas at some point. It does. And Judd Apatow, like, like Judd Apatow just doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. He like he he really he has convinced himself that if he gets enough funny people together, which is just, one of his movies, <laughs> right, right, and just lets them roll, yeah. that they can roll all day long, yeah. it'll be entertaining, and that's true to an extent. Yeah. But like, but like there there is, I know he didn't direct it. I know he was he was he was a producer mm-hmm. on it, and, and it's certainly he his fingerprints are certainly on it. Uh, Wedding Crashers is forty minutes too sure. long. Um, you know, uh, funny people is is disgracefully too yeah, long. Two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, even the four, even the forty year old version is feels two hours. Yeah, feels yeah. longer than it needs to yeah. be. Like um, knocked up is one hundred and thirty, I think. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah. what is Judd Apatow doing that requires one hundred and thirty <laughs> right. minutes? Like, needs a good editor. I yeah, it really good. does. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that that that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, um, your favorite sequels. Oh. Um, Favorite sequels. So it doesn't match up, mm-hmm. but I think... And it doesn't have to be the second movie. It can be the fifth, sixth oh, movie okay. in the series. So it too. doesn't match up, but okay. I, I really think House Party 2 is mm. a lot of fun. Okay. Like, is great fun, and they got, you know, Queen Latifah and sort of the prime of her rapping career. Yeah. Um, they still had all of the um, original cast in there, mm-hmm. which, which I, I thought that was really... That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Uh, there are definitely like that's that's one of those questions that, like people who are into movies sit around and like like what sequel is better than the original like sure. I don't have too many of those mm-hmm. I think I think Scream Two is is a really interesting is a really interesting sequel because it's it's a completely different movie it is like Scream One is kind of Scream One is kind of a, a darkly comic satire of horror movies yeah and Scream Two is just a laugh riot Scream, right. Scream Two is a slapsticky straight up the middle comedy yeah yeah I mean there's a guy in a mask and a knife and all that yeah. shit but like <laughs> but like it is a com it, it is it is it is deliberately out to make sure. you laugh mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a ve- they're both comedies yeah but they're very different mm-hmm. uh, uh, tactical approaches to comedy yeah um, uh, which, great pick. Uh, no do you have any more That's no I, I I don't think so like like like, what do you say to this question? I, I'm trying to remember what I did pick for favorite sequels. Um, I love Rocky Two, Rocky Three. I think yeah. I put those together. Um, Rocky Two is probably a better movie, but there was one that goes too long. The coma scene with Adrian 
I get it. I felt bad for. Yeah. But Rocky going to the chapel, Rocky reading to her. I'm like, I get it. She, you know, let's let's have her wake up so yeah. that we can then start doing the kick-ass montage. Yeah. Uh, and once he does, it's like, uh, you know, spine tingling. You love it. And yeah. Because she tells him to win, and and mm-hmm. those are those are great. Uh, Rocky three, just because uh, Mr. T. I mean, that was I love the A team at the actually afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan's in it. It's just that that movie. That was a great sequel. I I personally think that um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and this might be sacrilege to some, is as good as Raiders of the Lost. I think Star. you're right, yeah. I, and I think it's a very different movie. I yeah. mean, it's a very you know, Indiana Jones is a is an homage to a, to a, a 30s action yeah. serial. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is a is a buddy movie. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is is lethal weapon, you know, um, with archaeologists instead of cops, right? Like, uh, Lethal Weapon Two, by the way, is be- to me is better than Lethal Weapon. Really? Uh, oh yeah, I, I think I think Lethal Weapon is a is a dark, and maybe it's because I saw Lethal Weapon Two. Lethal Weapon Two, I feel like, really makes use of the kind of kinetic energy the movie generates. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon is a very different movie. Lethal Weapon is a is a dark LA cop movie. Yeah. Um, you know, very similar to I mean that's a that's a that's a big genre. But it, yeah. Lethal Weapon 2 is more in league with like colors and rampart and mo- movies about the sort of uh, uh, psychological, mm-hmm. you know, the psychological torment of being of being a Los Angeles police officer. I think I also picked Superman 2, the original Christopher Reeve yeah. because you got all these superhero movies, you have to get the origin story out of the mm-hmm. way. And as good as the original is, um, Superman 2, where you have, you know, one of the best villains, Zod, yeah. uh, in that. Um, and also, the craziness that it actually, they pulled off some continuity with the movie, but they had two different directors. Because they got rid of Donner in the middle, brought in Richard Lester. and oh, uh, And really, that's why you have a kind of a, a little bit of a haphazard movie. But there is a director's cut where you can see Donner's original vision. How about that? Yeah, How about so, that? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, the great Terrence Stamp playing playing Zod. Yeah, oh, know? so Neil before Yeah, that, I yeah. mean, that, that really, like, that was a very... It was, and, and that was a very like uh, those the, the 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 three villains you have yeah. a very different premise oh, than, yeah. than than Lex Luthor who is who is essentially who is essentially a sort of bratty mischief maker like, exactly um, yeah yeah that's a good call Superman two I think is a better and his, movie and his funny sidekick but yeah, now I can't remember his name but he was in um, Deliverance uh, the Rotund guy oh Ned Beatty Ned Beatty yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, your favorite holiday movie. Uh, which holiday, or does it not? Does it matter? We were going to holidays, so it could be Thanksgiving, could be Christmas, um, it could be if you want Valentine's Day, or, or sure, holiday. sure. I, you know, I, 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 for a long time, I always watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington yeah. on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, which is my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hmm. I, you know, I, I really like, I really like movies that are situ, movie viewing that is situational and. Mm-hmm. and Frequently, that comes up on uh, you know around holiday time. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college in Baltimore, which was you know just down the road from DC, mm-hmm. and it was a tradition. It was a tradition on our campus to show The Graduate near the end of near the end of the school year, oh, which okay. I thought was great. And it was a tradition at Georgetown to show St. Elmo's Fire because St. Yeah. <laughs> Elmo's Fire was filmed at Georgetown. Yeah. Um, I I really like those kind of traditions which are frequently sort of yoked to holidays. Okay. Um, I mean, I love It's a Wonderful Life. I love sure. It's a Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, being Jewish, Christmas Christmas movies have never done did much. Ver- yeah. Never done much for me. I did uh, pick uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for Thanksgiving. That that is a great yeah. Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. And, and and 
especially especially what I know now after researching this book that that you know the John Hughes and his family had been living in Los Angeles for the last four years and were about to move back to Chicago. Right. Planes, trains, and automobiles is their great homecoming. That's right. Movie, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. Um, but that that is a really like yeah, that's a special. Thing. The thing would always the one of the famous scenes is when when he loses it to the woman at the who who was also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. When Eve he, McClure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think the reason that works so well is really it's not a vulgar movie until that point. Yeah, and nowadays if you had Seth Rogen and and um, and James Franco playing the characters, it would have been a gross out comedy. It would have been nonstop yeah. vulgarities, and the charm wouldn't have been there. No, no, and that scene works. Not because of Steve Martin, but no. because of Edie McClure. Yeah, yeah. her facial expression. <laughs> if she isn't, if she isn't such a sweetheart, yeah. like it's it's just him being an asshole, right? Like. And she gets the punchline at the end. Yeah. So, um, was it hard to leave a Christmas story out of out of your book? No, I okay. mean it's hard as a Midwesterner. Because yeah, it's like such a it's like such a like Iconic. a Midwestern proud uh-huh. kind of movie. Um, but it's really a movie about a kid, not yeah. a teenager. Okay, so um, good point. So not super. And that if I'm ever in Cleveland, I have to go to the, the house. Yes, yeah. yes. People in Cleveland are enormously proud of a Christmas and they story should the be. same way they are, if you know, like of of Paul Newman and Andy Borowitz and, right. and Arsenio Hall and uh-huh. all of the other famous people from Cleveland. Yeah. Um, movies you hate or, or dislike, but everyone else seems to love. Um, I Pulp Fiction does nothing for really? me. Really? It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and of course... I, I haven't seen it since it was in the movie theater, mm-hmm. so it's probably worth another viewing. But to me, it's intolerably long. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those movies that's like more interested in being hip than being good. Sure. Um, I think it's just um, it's just quirky for the sake of quirky. Yeah. Like, and and it has great actors and a and a fantastic script. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also it's also completely morally bankrupt. It's yeah. one of the, and I'm not and I'm not a stickler for those kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, there's no likable characters. There's in there. no likable char- There's yeah. no likable characters. It really makes like like killing people seem like cool and hip. Yeah. Which, and I had also seen Reservoir Dogs before I saw Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction yeah. and mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs. I mean, Reservoir Dogs could have been made in the 1930s. Yeah, Reservoir it's Dogs a gangster feels, movie. It's yeah. a it's a it's a gangster film noir movie. Yeah. And Pulp Fiction is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I, I, Pulp Fiction was essentially there. So like, mm-hmm. so like, bratty college students like me could like pat themselves on the back for not being horrified at yeah. someone's head blowing up. Like, <laughs> like I just I, I think there, it has no reason for existing. Right. Um, I remember I had to, we had to. I would think it was sixteen at the time. So we had to we had to buy tickets for Forrest Gump to sneak into Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And now I know why they carded us or wanted to card us because I wasn't ready for a lot of that stuff yeah. in that movie. Yeah. So um, it just it, it totally leaves me cold. Um, Did Tar- do you like any Tarantino movies? Yeah, I mean, I love Reservoir Dogs. I thought Django Unchained mm-hmm. was, in, was was insanely entertaining. Um, I don't seek him out like mm. like but he, and I thought Kill Bill the Kill Bills were lots of fun too. Sure, I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Glorious Bastards. I, okay, I don't like like what he does. Typically, just doesn't interest me very much. Perfect. Um, Most quotable movies. What is your go to movie that, to quote from? Oh shoot. Um, Heather's real genius, mm-hmm. better off dead, or uh, clueless or mean girls. Okay, mm-hmm. I think my top five was uh, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. Ferris, The Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, um, and Airplane. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, Airplane is in the National Film Registry, and which it is amazing, be. and it totally should be. Yes. Like, like it's, it's too bad that, like, there isn't, that the closest we get to a Zucker, Abram Zucker movie now is what the Wayans brothers do with the scary <laughs> That's movies. Right. I, and, and they've kind of, I think they've kind of run out of steam with those, yeah. but, um, but that, those, I mean, Maybe you really did need to have a unique comic touch the way the way the the, the Zucker brothers and and the Jim reason Abrams that movie did. works so well is you have all these past serious actors like Wesley Nielsen and, mm. and Robert Stack and um, Peter Graves who you know them saying these horrible lines especially Peter Graves yeah. to, to <laughs> young Joey but it works and it's so good and it's ridiculous but um, and there's a movie that's under ninety minutes and it has to be because if it was two hours it'd be just too much yeah know? yeah you'd you'd be sick of it after a while yeah but there's yeah the the um, the I, that's why those movies work mm -hmm. is the characters have to play them completely straight right. those movies. And, it, and I think it's something people who make comedy don't understand now. And it's the reason. It's the reason, frankly, the scary movie movies are not as funny, is because the movie is always the movie is always assuming that you that you're in on the joke. Yeah. And so it's it's sort of it's sort of it's sort of always going. Eh, 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 isn't that funny? <laughs> right. Like, whereas like the airplanes and Top Secret and oh, all yeah. the Naked Gun movies, mm -hmm. everybody plays it completely straight. straight. Yeah. There, there, there is not a, a hint of irony anywhere. No. Um, Do you think it's more of a, a sign of the times where today's younger viewers need the uh-huh as opposed to where uh, I could see where it's coming? And even though I might not get, uh, understood all the jokes, eventually I did. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I think I don't know what like like what would, what would you call the great comedies of the last couple of years? Clearly, I mean, the most successful ones. There's mm -hmm. a lot of gross out comedies. Yeah. There's a lot of your super bads. Your, um, but I don't know. How, I guess that was successful. Um, yeah. I mean, the Twenty One Jump Street. I, yeah. What Twenty One Jump Street yeah. is a good example because Twenty One Jump Street, like. It, I think it assumes you get the joke, but it also assumes like nobody knows the source material. True, um, and it. It deliberately, like, like I, I think Twenty One Jump Street is sort of a microcosm of that because the per, because the straight man is Channing Tatum. Yes, the straight man is Channing Tatum, and they actually set it up so Channing Tatum is not only the straight man, but Channing Tatum is stupid, which is exactly why, <laughs> which, um, which, which is great. Yeah, which is which is so so the the, the sort of the, all of all of the comedic tone of. of, of all the performances in Airplane are sort yeah. of distilled down to Channing Tatum. Right. And, it was almost like Blazing Saddles was the intro to what eventually would become Airplane. Like yeah, I think so. Episode, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, your favorite underdog movie? Favorite underdog movie? Um, God, there's a lot of those that I like. Breaking Away, yeah. Rudy. I did Lucas, put Legend of Billie Jean in my top ten. Lucas, yeah. Legend of Billie Jean. Um, uh, I, I'm really, I really like all of the like teacher movies. So I really like you know Freedom Riders, sure. Dead Poet Society, and Stand and Nips, Deliver. Yeah. Those are all. Those are all essentially underdog movies. Yeah. Um, I um, and I really like. I really like that 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 trend from I think the late '90s and early 2000s, which was sort of the historical sports movie. Mm -hmm. You know, you remember the Titans and yeah. your Glory Roads, and some of and some of those were done well, and some of those were done poorly. But mm -hmm. um, all in all, I I, um, I think I think they yeah I think they were I, I really like those movies. And some upcoming episodes that we're gonna do. Your favorite black and white movie? Uh, Touch of Evil. 
or Touch of Evil or 12 Angry Men. So which version of Touch of Evil do you like? Because I guess there's three different ones that, that, that have been released, and Orson Welles, of course, famously had his vision. The studios had their vision. Oh, I haven't, I haven't anyway. seen the other two, so I wouldn't <laughs> like, know. 12 Angry Men is, is brilliant. Did you see Amy Schumer's uh, skit yeah. about Yeah, yeah so, that was really so great. Favorite, Valentine's Day is coming up, favorite romance movie? Um, shoot, you know, um, I, God, there's a lot of, there's a lot, well, there's a lot of reasons to like a love story, mm -hmm. like, uh, like in terms of like sheer raw sex appeal, mm -hmm. like, like it's almost unfair because, because in that you're just picking, like you're just picking a movie like Love Jones or How Stella Got Her Groove Back, where like, <laughs> where like everybody in the movie is so, is, is, is so like breathtakingly beautiful. Sure. But like, but you know, like in terms of a movie that does something really interesting with mm -hmm. the romance out of sight. Really, like out of sight. Mm -hmm. Out of sight is a movie that has a, a, a two actors, two actors who mm -hmm. who have just scorchingly good chemistry. Yeah, and it's but it's the reason it, it, the, the the love story is 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 only there to make everything else happen. It's right. not it's not consequential to, mm -hmm. to, to the movie, um, even though the movie is very much fueled by their chemistry and their sex appeal. Yeah, it's um it's a plot device, which which I think is is very interesting when you have. Two movie stars who work as well together as as those two do. Sure. And the last one, your favorite Oscar winner movie, and a movie that you felt should have won an Oscar and and didn't. Uh, is the Oscar winner? Does it have to be a Best Picture Oscar winner? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite Best Picture Oscar winner. <laughs> Jeez. This one might take some research. But yeah. Some, yeah. Um. God, because I, you know, I, I, of course, you know, I, I feel like I could say Gone with the Wind sure. or something like that. Um, and I, you know, I know there's, there's all of these cases, particularly mm -hmm. in the early days of cinema of like, of like, you know, um, of, of movies we now regard as classics being, losing best picture to something else. Um, I, I guess I'm going to have to. I have to choose from more modern. I, I think my favorite Best Picture winner in, in recent years is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, ah, that's a great one. Mm -hmm. There were some interesting years. Uh, 76, you had Rocky nominated, which one? Uh -huh. um, Annie uh, Hall was nominated. A Annie one. Hall was nominated. Um, let's see. Where? Yeah, Star Wars. I guess Annie Hall won over Star Wars, mm -hmm. which uh, there you go. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, in 76, it was Rocky, All the President's Men. Network and Taxi Driver. Oh Jesus! So, yeah. And nowadays, I, mean, I think if that happened, Taxi Driver, All the President's Men, probably. Won't. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that they're all now considered classics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 1939, it was Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz. Right. Um, and also Gunga Din. And Gunga Din. Like, yeah. It was one of those. It was one of those embarrassingly good years for. Uh, and here's another underrated one. So in 1982, Gandhi won. Mm -hmm. um, but E.T. Yeah. Tootsie. Tootsie. And the verdict. Oh with yeah, Paul Newman. So that's that's really. I mean, it's hard to dispute Gandhi, but um, I mean, ET. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's everything. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Go out and buy his book. It is excellent. Brat Pack America: A Love Letter to Eighties Teen Movies. Thank you so much, Kevin. Oh, thank you, Brian. It's great to be here. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. 
Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. <laughs>